To get past yesterday, folks, we have to build confidence for our tomorrow. When you and I choose to bow at that altar of yesterday, when you and I choose to give in to that situation, to give in to that circumstance, it's not people, it's not man. When people do things against you, it's not people, it's not man. When circumstances don't go the way you think they should, it's not people, it's not man. It is the enemy of our soul trying to destroy our future. That's why God says, and it sounds, it sounds so easy, folks, but it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Even if it don't work out the way I think it should, I'm still not going to bow down to it. Yesterday is real, but I'm not going to live there because i got a whole future ahead of me in Christ. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Today's message, and you have it in your notes, very succinctly and very purposely, I title it The Problem with Yesterday. I love Paul McCartney and his song. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. But now it looks as though they're here to stay. I'm not thinking I believe much in yesterday. Charlie Brown was having a conversation with, with uh, Lucy, you know, the, the formidable psychologist of the Peanuts gang. And he's having this conversation with, with uh, Lucy and... and uh, and uh, or Linus, rather, I'm sorry. Uh, and Linus made the comment to Charlie Brown. I guess it's wrong to always be worrying about tomorrow. Maybe we should just think more about today. To that, Charlie Brown made a very profound statement as he responded. He said, "No, no, that, that's, that's giving up. I'm still hoping yesterday is going to get better." Now, you all, if you're like me, we could say, I relate to Charlie. We got a bunch of our yesterdays that keep trying to crowd out our todays and put a darkness on our tomorrows. We have this problem with yesterday. But let me take you into God's Word. You know what God says? He said, today is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. And then you know what else God says? God says, tomorrow's got enough problems of its own. Just rejoice in today. And watch me take care of tomorrow, but also watch me take care of this other day. 
You see, we got today and we got tomorrow, but we've got this formidable foe we call yesterday. Some people call it the once upon a time. Somebody I heard call it the I wish it never happened. The if only. The woulda, shoulda, coulda. But wasn't. Now I know that ain't good English, but that good preaching. <laughs> Something I've always said is that tomorrow is the today that you worried about yesterday. Yesterday is one of those things that you and I either have to get a handle on or it will torment us in all of our tomorrows. You see, the past can be the most difficult thing that you and I have ever dealt with. To many, the past is more nightmare than it was dream. Now, I know all, everyone in this room has had that moment. And like I said, enjoy the moment, but don't live there. Because the greatest past will be the worst future if you choose to live in it. You see, what some people thought should have been joyous and happy is more hurt and pain. But, but let, me, let me make a statement. We never realized how much hurt and pain until we got to tomorrow. We thought it was okay. But then tomorrow showed up. Am I making any sense this morning at all? I just started, but we'll get along in this thing. Somebody said yesterday is history. Tomorrow a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Could I talk about you and me? Too many of us have spent our entire lives trying to make up for yesterday. Too many of us for what we did, what we didn't do, what we said. What we didn't say, where we went, where we shouldn't have been. Many never change what they do because they have this ominous cloud over them causing them to fear. They never can change because of what happened yesterday. And they never attain what they'd like because they're convinced they won't. Why can today be different than yesterday? It's just going to do the same thing. See, the problem with yesterday is it really never goes away. It never. I could go person to person to person. 
and talk to you about your yesterday. And I can guarantee many of us would kind of lower our heads a little bit. Because there's something about yesterday. The reality that you and I struggle to get past our past. And I don't even have to ask the question, but I can almost guarantee that the person sitting in your chair is having that issue. I've shared this many, many times, and it bears repeating. The book of Isaiah, you want to read the entire Bible, read the book of Isaiah. 66 books in the Bible, 66 chapters in Isaiah. It starts with creation, ends with the return. But it's got this mess in the middle. The first 40 chapters or so, God is trying to get Israel to get their act together. And then he spends the next 10 chapters up to about chapter 52. We call it 52, 3, and 4. It's the trinity of the victory. Isaiah 52, 3, and 4. The trinity of the victory. 52 talks about how God says, hey... I've got this thing. Let's forget what was, I got this thing. And then 53, we have the crucifixion. And then 54, the victory. And then it goes on from 55 to the end of the chapter of 66. And talks about all the glorious things. But the problem that Israel has is the same problem you and I have We got this thing called yesterday. Can I tell you something? The minute you mess up, the devil will make sure that you never quite fix it up. And he'll try to beat you with it until the day the Lord returns. Let's let's go in here, Isaiah 52, and talk about the Lord trying to get Israel He says, wake up, wake up, O Zion. Wake up means if you're going to wake up, you've got to get out of what was. You've got to open your eyes to what yet can be because you've got to see what now is. Wake up, wake up, O Zion. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. Now, Israel's looking at this and saying, Lord, are you seeing the same Jerusalem I'm seeing? It's a mess. And then he goes on to say, for unclean and ungodless people will enter your gates no more. You know what God is saying? He said, guys, I got this. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery around your, from around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And then listen to what he does. Now he takes them into the reality. you got to face it. You want me to fix it? you got to face it. Look what he says here. I sold you into exile. Literally, what it says is you guys messed up, and I let it happen. I didn't receive a payment. 
You're mine. You belong to me, but you gave yourself away. I didn't receive anything, but look what he says here. And I think I have it underlined in your notes. Now I can redeem you without having to pay for you. He said, you sold yourself for nothing. I'm going to buy you with the same nothing you sold yourself with, except it's going to cost me everything. Long ago, my people chose to live in Egypt. Long ago, my people chose to live in Egypt. What's the Lord saying? Most of us have the past we have because we chose to live there. Now they are oppressed by Assyria. They are oppressed by the present condition. What is this, asked the Lord? Why are my people enslaved again? See, Paul wrote to the church of Galatians. He said, who has bewitched you? Who has, who has convinced you? You have now been brought out into freedom and you put yourself back into bondage. He said, why are you enslaved again? What's he talking about? What was? Those who rule them, or you, Israel, shout out in exaltation. They blaspheme my name all day long. Can I tell you something? The world knows what a Christian is supposed to be. Did you know the non-Christian knows what the Christian is supposed to be? And you know who they mock when you don't live as a Christian should live? They got no power in their lives. I mean, look at their lives, no different than mine. The only thing different than them is they wobble their tongue. I know Jesus. Well, how come you don't act like you know Jesus? See, God is trying to help Israel say, guys, I know where you've been. And I know why you've been there. And it was my choice. Look what it says here. But I reveal my name to my people. And they will come to know its power. The power of the name of Jesus. There's no one. There's no one, there's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one, there's no one, there's no one like Come on, say it like you mean it today. There's no one, there's no one, there's no one like you, Jesus. Come on, everyone. There's no one, there's no one, there's no one like you, Jesus. He said, they will know its power. Then at last, they'll recognize that I am the one who speaks to them. And then he says, how beautiful are the feet of them. They bring the message of good news and message of peace and salvation and the news that God of Israel reigns. See, God's trying to get them to the place to where they stop looking at what was and start looking at what's going to be because something transformative is happening in what is. Can somebody say amen? amen? said, let the ruins of Jerusalem break in a joyful song. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed or put value 
back onto Jerusalem who they have squandered. The Lord has demonstrated his holy power before all of the nations. God did what they couldn't. Have you ever did anything? It's interesting. We're, we're at, the, the, uh, at the another anniversary of the Six-Day War. Did you know how, I saw it on Facebook, people were posting different things. And Do you know how impossible it was for Israel to stand against the Muslim nations around them? Oh man, they said they'd do it because they knew he'd do it. And they whooped some... Okay, let's try it, guys. One, two, three. They did. They did. All the ends of the earth will see the victory of our God. Now, this is where I want you to start. Two words. What are they in your notes? What are they? Get out. Get out. Get out. Leave your captivity where everything that you touch is unclean. Get out of there. Purify yourselves. You who carry home the sacred objects of the Lord. You who say one thing and do another. But then he says here, the last line he says, you will not need to leave in a hurry as if you're running for your lives. You'll not have to leave in haste or go in flight. It's interesting. I put one, one version down in my notes and another one on the screen. How did I do that? But it doesn't matter. It's saying pretty much the same thing. For the Lord, the God of Israel, will go before you and will be your rear guard. Now, I want you to look back in, back in your notes. Did, is this? Lord, I, I don't know how I did that. My notes have the Living Bible Translation, and my other notes have the NIV Translation. Let, let, me, let me tell you what the TLB, the way it says it. You don't have to leave in a hurry as if you're running for your lives. For the Lord is going to go ahead of you, and the Lord is going to protect you from behind. Now let me put that into today's translation. I got your future. I got your yesterday. Focus on me today. Come on, somebody get excited. Now I, I want to I break this down a little bit. He said, you sold yourself for nothing. I'm going to buy you back with nothing. He's talking about monetary re uh, remuneration. He's talking about trying to pay for something uh, that the world has placed value on. Jesus said, no, you sold yourself to live in sin for free. We give ourselves, folks, when we choose not to follow the Lord, we give ourselves to sin for free. Am I making any sense today? We sell ourselves into the service of Satan and sin. Not for profit, but for loss. Not for pleasure, but for pain. Not for honor, but for shame. Not for liberty, but for bondage. Not for riches and wealth, but poverty and want. But now, through the blood of Christ, without money, 
without Manamon, without the world system, we have had eternal redemption from sin, Satan, the law, the world, death, and hell has been paid for. Without silver or gold, 1 Peter 1 says, but the blood of Christ, we have been redeemed to God against whom we prostituted ourselves from, whose law we've broken, whose justice has to now be satisfied. The blood of Christ, not worldly goods, was the only price sufficient, the innocent for the guilty. Redemption. Though it cost Jesus everything, he said, I'm going to give it to you for free. And we are redeemed from that bondage and the slavery of the devil, the world and the past by the power of God. Say, Pastor, that all sounds good, but why are you dealing with all that ugly stuff? Because you are too. It's called yesterday. How could I ever get anything and become anything if this is what I've been, if this is what I am? Now, I'm going to take you into a passage of Scripture, and it's in your notes. But you need to, if you have your Bible, you need to go into that passage in Psalm 37. It, it is an incredible passage in God's Word, Proverbs, or Psalm 37. In your Bible, and I, I want you to do this because I'd love you to mark it. It's in that same chapter that says, trust in the Lord and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. It's that passage that years ago the Lord gave me insight into, and literally he said, when I, the Lord, become your delight, my heart will become your desire. There's nothing else you're going to want but to please the Lord. When he becomes your delight. And it's in that same passage of Psalm 37 that we go down to the 25th verse, and you know what it says? About those who delight in the Lord, those who the Lord becomes the delight, the heart becomes our desire. It says these words, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor my seed begging for bread. You see, there's something about yesterday that tries to clamor about us to keep us bound up to where we're just begging. God, I'm begging for some victory. I'm begging for some overcoming. I'm begging. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor my seed begging. You see, when, when the devil showed up to Jesus in Matthew, and he said, you know, if you're, you're hungry, Lord, I know you are. You've been, you've been fasting for 40 days. Folks, I've fasted a long time at times. I've never done 40 days. You've been, you've been you're hungry. And I'm sure Jesus might have had a, 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 a little snippet drip down there because he knew he was hungry. In the flesh, he was hungry. And the devil said, cause this 
rock to be turned to bread, that you can be satisfied. But I want you to hear this. Jesus wasn't interested in satisfaction. He was wanting contentment. Satisfaction. You can eat something to be satisfied, but it's only the peace of God that gives you contentment. That's why the Bible tells me in, in Hebrews 13 that you don't, you don't worry about the things you have, you know, money and this and that and the other thing. Be content in what you already have. And what is that contentment? The fact that I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor my seat begging for bread. This is what God's Word says. Man, it's good preaching. I'm glad I came today. Now, just in case you're saying, yeah, it used to be like that, let me take you the first part of that passage. I've been young, and I've been old. In other words, God said from the beginning to the end, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor my seed begging for bread. Jump on. Keep your hands and feet inside. God wants to heal the wounds of yesterday. Look what God said in, 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 in our text. I'm just going to break it down. I think I left it in your notes. I think I left it in your notes. I have a different translation in your notes, so I better look and see. I left it in your notes. Let me just break the whole passage down to you. Verse 1, he said, awake yourself. Stop living in what was. Get excited about what is. Okay? Then he goes on here. He says, rise up. Free yourself from the bondage. Folks, you can pray until you're blue in the face. Until you choose to not live there anymore, you're not getting out of bondage. See, the Bible says who the Son sets free is free indeed. But to be free indeed, you have to abide in Him. His Word has to abide in you. Literally what it's saying, you have to let Him be your house and His house has to be in you. You've got to abide in him. And you say, well, how do I abide? You say, I don't care what the world says. I care what he say. I don't care what they say. I care what he say. Can somebody say amen? You've gotten yourself into this, verses 3 through 7. But I, oh, God, I love you, Jesus. He said, I'm going to get you out of it. How many can right there just shout glory to God? God, I got myself into this, and you're going to get me out? How many know that ain't fair? But I'm okay with not fair right now, because he's getting me out. Oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do a fine job. Verses 8 and 9, he said, rejoice. You will see the victory. You will know the victory. Why? Just like those stones. Jesus said, that ain't the bread I'm looking for. You know what he said? Man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you know what my God says? I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor my seed begging for bread. God said, I'll meet you where you are. I'll take you from where you've been. And if you'll trust me, I'll get you where you're going. Somebody should shout amen on that one right there. But he tells us, I'm going to deliver you, and everybody's going to know it's me. 
But then I want you to underline this, circle it, and focus it. Matter of fact, put it in the place you visit the most at home, your refrigerator. <laughs> Set it right there on the door. And it's these words. Stop doing what you're doing. Go sin no more. The past is past. And now I'm going to use the past for good in your future. Yesterday, and it's on the screen real quick, yesterday can do one of two things. Because I, I want to look at this and I want to tear it apart just for the next few minutes because I want to get you out of here by lunchtime. Yesterday can do one of two things. It can create a sense of security <coughs> or it can establish a place of despondency. It can set a place of security where you sit back and you look at it and say, this chapter is finally closed. I no longer have to live in or face those mistakes again. I've dealt with it. By God's grace, I've overcome it. Or the other side of the coin, it can be a place of despondency in the question, is it really over? Now, I know many people that come to Christ and say, well, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. Can I tell you something? I may not, but Jesus does. And he has great empathy on where you've been and what you've done. But, and I'm going to irritate one or two people. I have that gift, you know. I see, I see open-toed shoes, and this might step a little hard. <laughs> you know what he says? He said, I know where you've been. And I don't give a flip. Because I didn't take you there. He, he, oh, he's compassionate. But I, folks, and I've done this. Man, this is good. I don't get coffee on Sunday mornings very much. Mm. L l listen to me. I, I've read from Genesis to Revelation, and I read, I read the words of God. I read, the, you know, and Jesus is God. Okay? Because a lot of people separate Old Testament, New Testament, two different gods. I see the same God. And you know, from Genesis to Revelation, he has great compassion. I don't see lots of sympathy. I see great empathy. Empathy is another word for compassion. You know what sympathy is? Feeling sorry for yourself. Am I, am, are you okay? And God said, why should I feel sorry for you? I made a way where there was no way, and you took the other way. I didn't make the detour. My, my, my road is easy. My, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Well, Pastor, it's awful hairy, heavy. Well, what the heck are you pulling something heavy? Jesus said my burden's light. If it's heavy, do you think it might be something that he said not to be carrying? See, that's the problem with the past. 
And that's the problem with yesterday is the devil has convinced us it's ours. This is my yoke in life. This is my lot. This is my burden. This is No. Jesus said, I'm your lot. I'm your burden. I'm your yoke. I know it is. And so the problem with yesterday is the devil has convinced us that what the Lord said is not what actually is. That's why we sit back and despond. Is it really over? And we're looking around corners. We're pulling back curtains. What's, it's it's, it's going to jump out at any time. Anybody know what I'm talking about but me? Why do I constantly deal, if it's over, with the guilt, the frustration, the confusion of what could have been but never was? It's like this thing is lurking in the shadows. Am I making sense? But can I give you the even worse part of this coin? Is some of us accept it. And blame all of our tomorrows on our yesterdays. We use our yesterday as an excuse for the tomorrow. When the truth that I've come to learn is this. Excuses for the past will always produce failure in the future. If I can excuse or blame the past then I don't have to deal with the frustrations of the future. And this is the reality of your life and mine. Folks, I, I really, you know, I used to tell people, you know, that I have a mouse in my pocket that I'm talking to. I've checked my pockets. I got no mice. So I got to be talking to folks around me, and I got to be talking to me on top of that. You see, if we do this, we will begin to shut down every possibility of a victorious life and a future that God has for us. We'll no longer step up to step in because we're no longer willing to step out. Here's the other negative. I talked about the positive of yesterday becoming a security because we've dealt with it. We face it. But here's the other negative. Yesterday can also become a great wall of security. Well, they hurt me. Ain't going to do that again. All those Christians. Church. The problem I learned is when I put that wall to keep them out, I also keep somebody else out. The problem with yesterday is even though we have this quasi-idea that it's done, is it really? You, you didn't finish high school, and you're fine until you need the diploma. Now, folks, I'm going I'm, I'm to say something. Most of the really successful people that I know don't have a college degree. Now, I'm not opposed to going to college, folks. 
But when your life becomes college and not Christ, it's not much of a life. I watch kids leave college with tens of thousands of dollars of debt. You know, I was pastoring for five years. Your pastor's got degrees. I've got two masters. I was born with the first one. <laughs> Tim, master. And, I, I, you know, I was pastoring for five years before I went to school. And I did all of it online, folks. I'm pastoring. I don't have time to go to school. You've got people that want to talk to you, people that need you. And stuff. So five years I'm pastoring. And then somebody said, well, why should I listen to you? You don't have any degrees. And I said, folks, before I ever got a Ph.D., I had G.O.D., that's the only degree I needed, okay? And so I went back, and I got a master's, a bachelor, and I don't remember which order it is. Is it bachelor, then master's, and then doctorate? Pastor? No, do not call me Dr. Masters or Dr. Tim. Yes, I have a doctorate. Yes, I am very well studied in this book. But my point in case, I was doing it all before I went. And can I tell you something? I would have, I have all these hanging in the office. You know why most of y'all don't see it? Because it's behind the door. And my door is usually open when my office is there, so you don't ever see them. And you say, well, pastor, did you get your PhD? No. Because I was, I was just going along, and I was, let me tell you, the, let me tell you, the, I was $3,000 away from my PhD. My dissertation was done. Everything was done. And then I asked myself, yeah, y'all must have been in that conversation. Why? Why? I'm thinking, I could use that 3000 for something else. And so I left my PhD hanging. And then they, you know, I, all my degrees and all the stuff, they, they asked me, said, well, you got to come. I mean, we, you, know, you did this online. And the school, was, the school that I attended was about 300 miles away. And they said, well, you, you got to come to graduation. I said, sorry, I got church. And they said, you know, uh, well, you know, you need to be here for all the hard work you did. I said, folks, my Bible says they that labor for the Lord have not labored in vain. All the work I'm doing is before the Lord, not before the school. Well, what are we going to do with, your, with your, your, your cap and gown? And I said, mail it to me. And you know what? They did. Been there, none there, haven't you? See, now, now I, I say all of that to say, why do we spend so much time in what was trying to produce what yet can be when God says, if you just trust me with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge me in everything you do, I will make this life livable. That's what that passage means in Proverbs 3. I will make your path straight. I will make your life manageable. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm all for the paper. But why sell your soul to it like Israel did? When God says, I can do it all without that. 
Am I making any sense? Whether we like it or not, folks, the past has a way of determining our future if we choose to live there. The problem with yesterday, it never fully goes away. Ecclesiastes 1, the wisest man in the world, Solomon, said these words, what's been will be again. What's been done will be done again. And then he said these infamous words, there is nothing new under the sun. Understand this, folks. If we're working through our past, and this is the reason the past never fully goes away, is we're not working through it. Well, you say, Pastor, how do I work through it? It's in your notes and it's on the screen. We must face it. Good, bad, right, wrong, we must deal with it if we're ever to ultimately get over it. So, Pastor, what if, what if I do it and it doesn't work out? It's okay. God still got it. He, remember he said, you don't have to worry about this. I got it. I got your back. I got your future. I got all. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What, what, look, at, look at Daniel chapter 3. Look at this. Da, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's not there. Daniel 3. Is it supposed to be up there? I think it is. Maybe it didn't make it. I might not have put it in my notes. Folks, your notes and my notes, they're not badly different. They're just a little bit different. I don't know why. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel 3. You can look it up. They're, they're going before Nebuchadnezzar. They won't bow down. Listen to me. They won't bow down. And so Nebuchadnezzar likes them because they like Daniel. He likes Daniel, and he knows that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are part of, the, part of the, the hood. You know, they know they're part of the group. And so he said, that, Let me, maybe they didn't understand. And, and so all of a sudden, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, the king says, maybe you guys didn't understand. Uh, when, you, when you hear this sound and you hear this, this whole thing, you know, everybody bows down. And look what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. said, O Nebuchadnezzar, uh, we heard what you said. And we don't have to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Can I tell you something? When you know that God is working out what he's working in, you can be bold like this. It don't, you can stand before everybody and say, uh, you know, folks, I don't have to defend this. That's what Isaiah 54 says when he says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is our heritage. Remember, the, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor my seed begging for bread. You're already an overcomer. You're already more than a conqueror. Now, now listen to me. We get this idea, well, that means I'm not going to have any weapons against me. No, no, no. The weapons are forged. And they are posed against you. But they ain't going to win. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you. People going to talk bad about you, folks. They going to talk smack. Look at somebody and say, been there, done that. They're going to talk about you. But he said, don't, 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 don't worry. I shut the mouth of lions. I can shut lion mouths. Not a problem. Okay. He said, 
every tongue that rises against us in judgment, we shall condemn. What does that mean? That means because I know who I am and I know who's opposed against me, I can stand up and say, oh, king, I don't even have to defend myself in this matter. And if you throw me into the furnace, the God I serve will deliver me. But if he doesn't, the problem with yesterday, it didn't work out the way you thought it. It didn't go the way you planned it. But if he doesn't, if it doesn't come together like you wanted it to, it doesn't all work out the way you hoped it would. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego said, I still ain't going to bow down. Listen to me, please. Too many of us have been bowing down to the throne of yesterday. And it's been defeating every tomorrow. It didn't work out. Folks, remember a little moment, moment ago, I, I irritated one or two folks when I said, God's greatly empathetic, but he's not sympathetic. Because generally, we got ourselves into it. But God said, I'll get you out of it. Don't, don't worry. Will you trust me? I'll get you out of it. I'll take this whole thing, and I'll work it together for the good. Shadrach, Meshach, and Megan said, even if it doesn't go the way I think it should, I still ain't going to serve you. Yesterday, you didn't work out the way that I thought you should. But I don't care. If God is for me, who can be against me? I don't worry about what tomorrow holds because I'm serving the one that holds tomorrow. Can somebody say amen? Let me just jump down really quick as I bring this to a close this morning. To get past yesterday, folks, we have to build confidence for our tomorrow. Psalm 51, David fell horribly before God into the sin of, of adultery, into the sin of murder, into the sin of betrayal. All of these things David did in a moment of time. And look what he says here in, in Psalm 51. He said, it haunts me day and night. And then he said, God, against you and you only have I sinned. I didn't sin against David or Kelly or Bob or Justine or Will or, or Ivan. I didn't. No, folks, when you and I choose to bow at that altar of yesterday, when you and I choose to give in to that situation, to give in to that circumstance, it's not people. It's not man. When people do things against you, it's not people. It's not man. When circumstances don't go the way you think they should, it's not people. It's not man. It is the enemy of our soul trying to destroy our future. That's why God says, and it sounds, it sounds so easy, folks, but it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Even if it don't work out the way I think it should, I'm still not going to bow down to it. 
Yesterday is real, but I'm not going to live there because i got a whole future ahead of me in Christ. Let, 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 look at this. Look at this. Why is it that we can be forgiven and still feel bad? Why is it our sins can be washed away and we still feel dirty? Because God created something in us called morality. We have a moral conscience. Folks, can I tell you, the reason we have right or wrong in the world is because of God. The reason we have good or bad in the world, listen to me, is because of God. The reason we have difficulty and pleasure is because of God. No, God didn't make the bad. God didn't make the difficulty. God didn't make the sin. But the reality is he gave you and I the free will to choose who we're going to live for. And the moment we go down that wrong road, there's lots of consequences that come along with it. Am I making sense? And the reason we feel so bad and so dirty and so unclean is because we know who we are. God wants us to accept who he is. That's why Hebrews chapter 10, look what it says here. Draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of the assurance of faith. That's why Hebrews 12 tells us, do not ignore so great a salvation. That's why 1 John chapter 10, verse, or verse, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10 says, confess your sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. That's why 1 Peter chapter 3 tells us that we need to give ourselves to the washing of the water of the word, which we find also in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. The problem with yesterday is we've got to let go of it. And the only way we let go of it is we have to face it. We have to face it. Are you all okay? Yes. Romans chapter 8. And I want you to put the last slide on the screen, Jared. Romans chapter 8. Look what it says here. I'm convinced nothing can separate me from God's love. Look what it says here. Death can't. He starts with the very thing that we fear the most. I don't care who you are. Can I borrow your guitar, Bill? Do you mind? Death can't. And life, look what it says, can't. All the things you're living for, the devil's trying to use them. The devil's trying to use them to keep you away from the true life. And that's the life in Christ. Would you all mind if I sing you a song? I hope you don't mind. Am I on? We have the sound man needs to come and turn the guitar on. Is it on? what you've been hearing 
seen you hide your fears you're embarrassed by your weaknesses afraid to let me near I wish you knew how much I longed for you to understand no matter what may happen child never let go of your hand I know you've been forsaken by those you've known before you failed their expectations they frown and close the door But even though your heart itself, it should lose the will to stand. No matter what may happen, child, I'll never let go of your hand. You know why? The life that I have given you, no one can take away. This is why I sealed it with my spirit. Blood and word It's the everlasting Father Who's made this covenant with you You know something? He's stronger than the world Or the yesterdays You've seen and heard So can I tell you, you can stand up and never fear to show them all the love that he has for you. You know what he said? I'll be with you everywhere in every single thing you do. And listen to me, please. Even if you do it wrong and you miss some of the joy that I've got planned, he said, I'll never, I'll never let go of your hand. I'll never let go of your hand. As the worship team comes, let me ask you today. ready to let go of yesterday? Are you? Uh, folks, all of us have it. What are you going to do with it? You say, I don't know what to do with it. I do. Face it. It happened. It happened. Look at somebody and say, it happened. I'm not trying to run from it. I'm trying to hide from it. See, that's what David did for all those years. The Bible doesn't give us the time frame. Uh, we know it's probably not a few years, but a few months. Because we know the baby that Bathsheba had at the end of the fall died. But we also know that God said, I love you. And I'm not trying to bring vindication against you. He said, I just want you to stop sinning. I want you to let go of yesterday. 
You say, Pastor, okay, I, I've done that. I've given it to God, but it still, it still haunts me. Oh, it haunted David too for the rest of his life. See, there's something about those seeds. This is why God tells us to not do those things. Because the devil will never let you forget. But if you're going to live past it, you got to give it to God. And the next time it shows up, oh, and it will. It will. All you got to do is say, devil, wrong address. It's 777 Glory Lane in heaven. Go talk to him about it. See, here's the truth, folks. The life that I have given you, give see, no one could take away. I sealed it with my spirit, blood and word. And the promise is this, it's the everlasting Father who's made this covenant with you. And he's stronger than the world you've seen and heard. So don't ever fear to show them all the love I have for you. Because I'll be with you everywhere in everything that you do. And this is his promise. Even if you do it wrong and you miss the joy I've got planned, no matter what may happen, child, Never let go of your hand. I'll never let go of your hand. If you need God to grab your hand right now, not because he let go of you, but because you let go of him, I wonder if you stand at your feet all over this building. Yesterday has been something you've been trying bad to let go of. God says, okay, if you're going to let go of it, you've got to grab a hold of something, and it's his hand. It's his hand. If that's you in this place, don't let this moment go away. I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to pray a great victory. I'm going to pray a great deliverance. I'm going to pray a great promise. But always know that God is going to take care of this. God said, you don't have to run away from it. I got your back. But you got to let me have it. You got to let me have it. You say, Pastor, how do I know if I let him have it? When it shows up again, you give it back to him. You give it back to him. Father, lift your hands all over this building. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. God, for every man, every woman that is standing, God, you know where they've been. You know what they've done. God, and, and they, they probably did it with their eyes wide open. But what's different from that and David? David knew what he was doing when he slept with Bathsheba, an adulterous affair when he murdered her husband who was one of his top commanders 
the ultimate betrayal. God, there's not any one of us in here that haven't done the same. And no, like David, the devil says, I just buried it in yesterday. But it keeps resurrecting. God, today, we confess our sins. Whatever it is right now, under your breath, above your breath, just, just give God your yesterday. Just name it out before him. And God, right now, we give this yesterday to you. And we thank you, Lord, that it's yours. It's yours. I'm never going to go back after it again. And when it does show up, which it will, I'm not going to accept it. Yes, it happened. Yes, it was real. But I'm not going to give in to it because, Lord, it is really under the blood of Jesus. Bought, cleansed, and paid for. Father, I thank you. I'm no longer going to live at the altar of the problem of yesterday. I'm going to live at the altar of the victory for tomorrow. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, would you? I pray today helped some of you. You say, well, Pastor, why don't you pray that it helped all of us? Because I can't. Because there's those that will take it by faith, and there's those that will not take it by faith. That's the choice of the person in your chair. So I pray that if that was you and you said, God, I'm done with yesterday. Say, pastors, are that simple? It is. It's completely that simple. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the beginning of dealing with yesterday. We're going to have people at the altars here this morning. Uh, Bill and Judy, Tim and Loretta. Tim, you guys here? If you're here and you say, well, Pastor, I just I want to work through a couple things, these wonderful couples will be here, and they'll pray with you, and they'll work through it. We're going to dismiss in just a moment. And if you feel the need to visit and hang out and talk with people, go out in the, into the outreach cafe and visit with them, but let the people in here, as our worship team ministers and touches hearts, but do... I don't want to say do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Leave yesterday behind. Leave yesterday behind. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center. 
with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.